0: confidence. What is it? Have you lost it? Maybe you found it. Would you like more of it? Do you actually need it? The fact is we do all struggle with confidence at some point in certain areas, but not in others. And this is perfectly fine. However, is your lack of it holding you back from your dreams? In this series, A Question of Confidence, I'm going to explore what it means to some and how it shapes others. Is finding it a journey of self-care and self-love or is it as simple as faking it until you make it? Come with me on this quest for confidence. I am thrilled to welcome to A Question of Confidence a lady who has been well and truly around the block when it comes to the beauty industry. She's a lash artist, a salon owner, an educator, an events organiser, an author, a podcast host, and a business mentor. Now, with all of that under her belt, she must be a super confident person, right? Well, Let's find out. It's Katie Godfrey. Hello, Katie. Did I leave anything out of your CV there? That was a long
1: list. That was a list. It makes me sound really old. (laughs) No, it doesn't. It makes you sound super accomplished. Are you not sitting there thinking,
0: wow, I actually have done all of those things?
1: Sometimes you do have to be told or someone shares something from back in the day and you're like, oh my God, yeah, I've done that. So sometimes it is always good just to look back at what you've actually done, because when you're living day to day, you just forget.
0: Well, when you're in mum's zone and, you know, salon owner's zone and whatever zone you're in at the time, you know, it is easy just to take for granted that actually you have way more strings to your bow and that you've actually accomplished an awful lot.
1: Yeah, I have. And I'm grateful for that. And it's, yeah, I love it.
0: I didn't miss anything out, did I? I don't think so. Hmm. So that is a long list. As I've said,
1: you must be a super confident person, right? (laughs) This is actually a funny question because people say that all the time when I turn around and go, oh, I hate things like this. I'm not confident at all. And people are like, what? They don't get it. But actually, I'm not confident at all. In certain areas, I am. And in a lot of areas, I'm not. Where do you see your weaknesses lying in terms of your confidence gaps? I care too much about what other people think. That's my main thing. Um, caring what people think and I'm a people pleaser. So, mm-hmm. same. yeah, that, that's where the confidence struggles. It's a curse, isn't it, actually? And
0: I do, I think as I get older, maybe, and I'm a lot older than you, but I think I I get a little bit better because I get a bit more confident in saying what I actually want and need.
1: Mm, yeah, I do, do. I do think that comes with time because I would say I'm the same. Um, and you also do get past a point where you're like, do you know what? I don't actually care. I'm in this for myself. Um, <laughs> and, you know, but but it's easier said than done. Like confidence is something that definitely has to be worked on and worked on all of the time
0: definitely it's part of your self care really or it should be
1: yeah for sure
0: yeah 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 so you are you more you're more confident now than you used to be so take me back to kind of the early days of katie were there things that meant you weren't confident
1: I think my confidence and why I still am not confident now is all due to my past. So I left school at 13. Most people that follow me will know my story. But I left school at 13 because I was bullied. I had no qualifications. I had nothing to my name. I was actually a recluse in my home at that time because I was too scared to leave the house. I started modeling which gave me a bit of confidence and people do think how could you be bullied and have no like self-worth whatsoever to then go on to modeling because that's such an extreme you think you have to be really confident but a lot of people that have been bullied go into modeling I don't know what that connection is there I don't know if that's so you can believe in yourself again you've got the photographer telling you how wonderful you are you have to go in on these castings to be, to get these jobs. So it all helps with your confidence, but it was the only way back then I would physically leave my house was to go onto a casting or go onto a job because I was literally a recluse in the house. Was it physical bullying? How, what form did the bullying take? And was it girls or boys? I was all girls. It was older girls in my year. So at the time I was in year eight and they were in year 10 and 11. So there was quite a jump in age it was all like um, it wasn't physical I didn't physically get hands laid on me even though I thought I was Uh, it was all mental backing in corners letters written to my house um, in the school toilets where you get cornered that type of thing if I'd leave the house and I went to like town there would be situations there there used to be threats that I was going to get stabbed when I leave the school gates there was so many things that happened in that time and I look back now because I've got a stepdaughter that's that age and I think god they're just babies yeah. and, and all I of that that affects your adult life
0: Years above, I mean what are year
1: 11s doing bullying a year eight it's so weak and spineless isn't it yeah and at that age you believe every single thing they say right like every single thing when we used to get letters and saying that they were gonna like petrol bomb my house I believed it every single thing I believed and I was so fearful what did your parents say obviously they're a huge support they're the people that pulled me out of school and said I'm not going back um if they didn't I would have completely ended my life I tried to end my life several times Mm -hmm. but thankfully my mum was my counsellor and my mum and my biggest supporter and she helped me through that time so I'm just glad and grateful that I had them. Really, I mean,
0: as a mum of a girl, a little girl now, and a stepdaughter, can you imagine what she must have gone through during that time as well? I mean, that's horrific. She's been bullied too, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. My little girl's going through, and nothing like that yet. Yeah, but this is having problems at school at the moment. She's only seven, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to have now. I guess that sensible mum head on because. I left school and I become successful without having any backing whereas so now my mindset is do you need school Mm. which isn't really the right mindset to have I fully appreciate that but I also appreciate that school isn't for everyone and if it's going to damage you somehow when it comes to your mental health or anything like that I would rather my children not go to school.
0: Does it give you flashbacks to what you went through do you start to panic when she starts to tell you stuff do you get that kind of surging kind of sense of anxiety in your gut where you think oh quick you've got to get I've got to get her out I've got to get her out
1: before she started school I was more of a mess Mm. so physically like the first day taking her to the school run she was four like tiny and I was like I can't believe I'm taking her to school I can't believe I'm putting her in this situation and it was actually be my mom again at the time was like everyone has their own story everyone goes through different things what you went through she might never even come across that and I was like you're right I've got to obviously send her to school I have no choice otherwise I'll end up in prison right <laughs> um but now when now she's telling me this stuff I think I get more mad than anything I'm not panicking to pull her out because she's still so little if she was in high school I think I wouldn't even hesitate and I'd pull her out straight away yeah it's
0: tricky isn't it do you think that she's generally happy at school though so you see it as a bonus for her you know you see the positives for her on her on her life
1: (laughs) at the moment she hates school does she? Oh it's so horrible she absolutely hates it yeah Aww. And it doesn't help because she knows my story so she's like mummy can't I come to the salon I love working in the salon you didn't finish school why do I have to finish school So you do get all of that too which is really difficult but you just little have to stay. Can manipulate you as well quite
0: easily from the minute they pop out I think little girls
1: manipulate you <laughs> Oh god didn't they they're so different to the boys <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh dear, it's so hard though. and of course they have the added pressure I'm sure she doesn't um, have social media at the moment but you know then all of that added pressure comes. I mean you're a mother of girls and and, boy, and a boy. Mm-hmm. Your advice will be will be different to to each of them or do you see it more as a danger for girls slipping into that kind of low self-esteem or do you think boys are equally vulnerable?
1: I think boys are equally vulnerable. Do you know what? I don't actually think I've thought about that because my son's only seven months and I, you do think, oh, boys, boys and things like that. But I think we forget that boys are do go through the same as what well, what girls do i think with social media nowadays it's scary what happens online i obviously didn't have that back in the day so when i was going through trouble in school god knows what it would be like if social was a thing then like oh my gosh i want to try and keep
0: yeah the bullying doesn't stop now for kids does it because they they leave you went home but kids now go home and the bullying continues in their bedroom through their phones
1: yeah, like I I hate the day to think when little Lola gets social media, I'm going to be really strict on all that stuff. Because I think the second they start going on socials, it's just a different ball game altogether.
0: Yeah, it's so hard. I mean, I, you know, resisted for as long as I could. And then you're just like, well, actually, I mean, maybe I should have stuck to my guns a bit more, but I caved and like a, you know, folded like a cheap suit, they say. Mm-hmm. And um, but if you deny it, you it goes underground and you turn them into a, you know, you don't want to also single them out, do you?
1: As and there's de- definitely that line, isn't there, of being a really strict parent and not being a strict parent. If you're really, really strict, they're going to go against you anyway. Mm-hmm. If you're more lenient, then you're just going to have to keep a close eye on what they do. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: It's not great. I mean, thanks. God, I didn't have social media growing up. I made all of my mistakes, and they're all completely invisible.
1: <laughs> yes, fabulous, <laughs> you know, on, isn't it?
0: On Facebook. I mean, that was proper freedom. That was growing up and just being allowed to explore and make your mistakes. And I made some fat ones. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that.
0: So do you think you need to be confident to be a successful business owner?
1: I think you need to have some type of confidence, yeah. I think you need to be completely confident in what your business is because mm-hmm. I think winging it just doesn't cut it anymore. Do you mean in terms of your goal and your strategy
0: and what you are and mm. the direction in which you're going?
1: Yeah, confidence, exactly knowing where you're going, that confidence in your their work, um, that confidence if your customer facing, so your client knows or your cl- customer knows that you are completely confident in what you're carrying out, that type of confidence, yes, you have to be confident in business. When it gets to something like talking on stage about your business, that's completely different confidence. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. you know, there's different types of confidence and where that lies. But I think when it comes to your business, you have to be confident within that. You know what you said about um, you know,
0: face to face, you know, service business that's what I loved about starting out as a lash artist because I think anyone might this might resonate with every lash artist out there when you start doing those first sets out of training you're far from confident you know you're you're learning in those early sets aren't you Mm -hmm. and it's just such a blessing because they have their eyes shut so you could be having a complete meltdown above with your tweezers kind of going oh my god god this is so hard I don't know what I'm doing and they're none the wiser and they still woke up thinking well with in my case they had these great big like 0.20 tree trunks on their face and <laughs> they thought they were fabulous but I mean my god I look back now and I'm like how did I do that and there, there was a lot of winging it
1: <laughs> yeah the um it's it's true when you're lashing they've got zero idea so just carry on lashing and throwing you little tantrums behind the client exactly, <laughs>
0: exactly. um so when you are you know what is if you had to sum up confidence I know we've established that it, you know you need different pockets of confidence for different areas of things but what does confidence feel like to you when you're on top of your game what does that feel like for you can you actually put
1: that into words What does it feel like? Unstoppable. um, Completely believing in yourself. Loving yourself. Mm -hmm. Which I think is really important. Can't really be confident if you don't love yourself. I don't mean looking in the mirror and being like, Oh, I look gorgeous. But I mean, what you're about. Love yourself. Love what you're offering. I would say that, to be honest. Because then when you start doing that, then you're unstoppable. As soon as you're confident that's where i'd say it all starts
0: yeah and it's about trust isn't it it's trusting yourself that you can get the job done as well
1: mm yeah, definitely. Trust trust and confidence, I guess, comes hand in hand then, doesn't it, really?
0: It's same. It's the same. Confidere is the Latin word, which is what confidence comes from. And confidere means to trust. So it is trusting yourself, trusting a thing, trusting someone and trusting a situation. So it is so much about that trust element. Um, do you feel pressured by social media? Or are you good at staying in your lane?
1: I'm extremely good at staying in my lane. Okay, good. I need to know. And that. that's because if I go off track, if I go off track and start scrolling, then I start scrolling and I start comparing if I start comparing, then I start to lose my confidence. Yeah. It's a downward spiral. So I am very, very strict on posting, supporting those that I know I need to support, and then off I come. Really? Yeah. I literally, people, people look at my socials and they think, you're on social all the time. I'm not. I'm not at all. I will post and go.
0: So what do you think um, is a healthy Um, because you know I know that I'm on my social media far too much and I would love to have some kind of rigorous routine what do you think would be a healthy way to kind of withdraw from that scrolling I mean what do you think for good mental health and for that self-confidence that you talk of what what does a healthy social media life look like to you do you think
1: literally just posting and get off really I mean how many times do you post a day so I will post an actual physical post I try to do it every day but that will mainly be maybe four or five times a week like a physical grid post on my stories I post throughout the days many times I would literally document my life on my stories But then I will, I do post and come off like social media does not consume my life. I don't scroll. One, because I know I'll start comparing. And secondly, because it's a time hole. The second you start scrolling, your time's gone. And I'm personally way too busy for that. I don't even watch TV. So scrolling is just not a thing for me. It's why I don't go on TikTok. I'm the same on TikTok we were only just starting that in our businesses posting on tiktok and definitely hardly have any followers whatsoever but i know if i was going to start scrolling that is four or five hours gone off my day and no
0: so how do you have that i mean are you do you have that level of self-discipline in every area of your life are you a very disciplined woman I'm, ridiculous,
1: I'm ridiculously disciplined really? in most areas not all areas you know at the moment I'm really really struggling with my work now and I used to be extremely disciplined on that but since my little boy I'm struggling a bit but what do you what do you, what do you mean you're struggling with your work working out sorry you.
0: right okay like, but so I
1: but I am a disciplined person once I've got it in my head that's it I'm in the lane I'm focused and I I would say that's one of the things that makes me the, well, there's a reason why I'm successful because I'm just so focused. Wow. So you don't get seduced by the scroll.
0: I mean, wow. I need, I need this. I need some kind of taser
1: inbuilt into my phone. (laughs) People honestly go to me as well. Okay. Did you not see this? Or did you not see that? Or you didn't like this or you didn't comment on that. I'm like, I didn't see. I'm so sorry like i didn't see i if i because i see something i'll always comment i'll always like all the time i'm the biggest supporter if i see it but if i don't see it, i don't see it
0: oh you really have inspired me i know that it's bad for me and i know that it is an issue in my life <laughs> and i do need to find some kind of detox level and i kind of think i was talking to dion um a couple of days ago and we were talking about social media and i was saying you know i'm on you know, we we're talking about the negative impact it has on our kids. And I was saying, look, I'm on it all the time, but that's okay, right? Because it's my office. But no.
1: No, it's not though, is it? It's not your office. I genuinely so, feel
0: like it is my office.
1: So we have to be on social to make an income, right? To gain our new clients, our customers, etc. to get our word out there, to motivate people, to inspire people, to get bookings, to get money in. We have to be on socials. If we don't, we're losing a humongous market. But it doesn't mean we have to go in the hole. It doesn't mean that we have to get so tied in it that that's our lives. I'm I'm in my DMs a lot of the time, but that's me connecting with my clients or my customers.
0: Yeah, I just think... Um, and the other thing about being a people pleaser is I feel like I need to be liking and commenting on as many people's things as possible just because I think, well, if I want them to like and comment on mine... Then I should be returning the favour. So before you know it, you go along those stories at the top, mm-hmm. and before you know it, you're just you're down the hole. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you just need to be stricter. If you see it, like and comment a hundred percent. If you don't see it, then you don't see it. Hmm okay this is- or you might jump on there and be like okay so who are the people that I'm supporting so for example all of my clients all my mentoring and coaching clients I fully support them and if I go in on socials and I need to do some interacting I'm going to go on them accounts
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so you can still do that this is great I'm going to come up with a plan have
0: you ever used social media managers
1: I have once before and it just, it was obvious someone else is managing my account because they didn't sound like me whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I have um, a customer service and social media assistant now. She works for me full time in my companies and we have free um, social media accounts on all the platforms to manage so she manages all of them accounts for me other than my personal one so she writes that but because she works with us day in and day out she knows my voice so it's still personal but outsourcing you would say yeah but when I'm outsourcing it to an actual social media company for us it hasn't worked yeah this is the problem isn't it you need somebody to morph.
0: You actually just need a clone, mind you. With AI coming the way it is, before you know it, we won't even need to be ourselves because
1: we'll have a robot doing it for us. <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> it's
0: scary. I mean, kids now are writing their theses, theses. That's quite hard to say um, with AI. You know, writing essays with you know that whatever that AI thing is. That's all. Oh, they,
1: they never have to do an exam again in their life what is the point of any of this <laughs> it's all just smoke and mirrors oh uh, no i not worry, what the future is going to be like
0: oh, you know what i think there's going to be somehow there's got to be a massive backlash to fully just in-person stuff because otherwise the human race is just going to crumble i mean What's going to happen to us, Katie? We won't know how to communicate. We won't know how to connect. Our children aren't going to know how to have conversations. I mean, as it is, they don't have a problem that they can't read an A to Z or look up things in dictionaries. And that makes me sound really old.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. It is a little bit insane what's happening with the world, but gosh... amazing on one hand
0: I'm I feel so blessed that I've had a foot in both camps you know I did uni and all of that with no Facebook and and everything else and now I'm reaping the benefits on the other side but to grow up with only social media and you know your son will grow up in a world where AI is the thing you know he's seven months old so when he's seven just think what the world's going to look like and I know, is he never gonna to have to pick up a pen in his life. Probably not. I mean some would say, Hooray, that's amazing. Why do you need to pick up a pen? But I mean, my writing is horrendous, so people probably do wish I never pick up a pen. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that aside from the bullying, that life events, maybe like having children or certain periods of your life are significant when it comes to how they've affected your confidence? Have you been knocked back at other times of your life?
1: Yeah, I'd say there's a few times I've been knocked back. There's children obviously massively change your world. Mm -hmm. And so there's different confidences there. For example, I'm obviously going through one right now where over lockdown, I lost a lot of weight. I was hardcore on my fitness journey. I got to the weight I've always dreamed of being. And I knew when we started planning for a baby that this is going to mess with my head, mm-hmm. like the body change. And of course, obviously, again, back in the day, in the modelling days, it was all about your figure, all about what you look like. The bullying obviously stemmed from what you look like too. So knowing that I was going to have a baby and I'm now in my thirties and losing that weight isn't going to be so easy as when I had Lola, I knew I was going to struggle and I'm going through that stage now. So confidence wise, I am zero confidence when it comes to my figure and what I look like at the moment. So that's, I'd say the main one that's in my head currently. Then there's different, um, different things like talking on stages now which obviously i do a lot i'm not confident in whatsoever why um no one would know that i'm not confident (laughs) yeah but um inside you're feeling inside (laughs) i'm not inside i'm really really anxious but i love i'm confident on my messaging yeah and that's i think what the difference is I'm really, really confident on what my messaging is and what I'm getting across and what I'm teaching. But physically standing on stage, obviously, is, I think, one of the biggest fears people have.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, nine out of ten in a recent survey said they were
1: less afraid of dying than of public speaking. Yeah, that's that's nuts. I've, I definitely would be more fearful of dying, but... <laughs>
0: Well, there you go. You're ahead You're a top percentage of the population already. But so you just don't like the feeling of that, uh the, the adrenaline and the cortisol, and those stress hormones that are rushing around as a result of stepping on a stage. So you, you find it hard to deal with the nerves inside.
1: Yeah, I guess I think it's from again being a people pleaser and worrying what people think. So I've been speaking now for pff, a good six years. And in the beginning of that, I hated every second, but knew I had to get out there. Now I'm so much better. And obviously, I've got my podcast and I'm on some podcast guests all the time. I have a podcast and, like, I'm not, it doesn't even faze me. But getting on the stage, you're fa- in my head, I'm thinking they're going to think, oh what's her outfit like what does she look like um she can't get her words out she might it's all that type of thing rather than what am I actually teaching do you do any like nerve control
0: before you go on do you do breathing exercises have you looked into that do you do that
1: yeah and I'm on a um a speaking course currently at the moment actually Um, which I'm really, really excited about because I come across really good on stage. Well, I got told that I do, but it's just me in my head that I'm not confident about. It's all in my head. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll watch speakers because my aim, believe it or not, even though I'm saying this, my aim is to be a, a professional public speaker. Like that's the direction that I want to go in in a few years time. So I'm prepping for that now. So... I just need I, I watch speakers, the professional ones, and I'm like, wow, how they capture everyone's audience, how they don't give a shit. Like how they're just on that stage owning it completely. I want to do that. I that's why I'm taking you, that course.
0: I guarantee you they will all have that nervous energy. I guarantee you, because you've got to have those nerves. It's just a question of controlling them rather than the other way around. I, I guarantee you, they'll have nerves. Yeah, and if they don't, well, I always think that if you haven't got those nerves or excitement, as a better way of calling it, well, possibly is not so. Ne- try and flip it to the positive. You know, you don't care enough. You're not passionate enough. You need the nerves to get the passion into your voice.
1: Yeah, that's really true. That
0: is true. And you know, have you ever watched yourself back on video speaking on a stage? Yeah,
1: I have actually. And I bet you, oh, it
0: wasn't that bad. I did a really good job.
1: Yeah, uh, all all the time. So it is is mainly, like I said, it's not what I'm teaching. It's not what I'm speaking on. It's normally what do they think of me? Mm. And that's the horrible part to be in. Because actually I should be like, I don't care what other people think.
0: And what have you got? What have you? What else have you got to prove, actually? Because look at your CV. I mean, that took me a good fifteen minutes to read that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, as you say, who cares? And they're all there on your side, right? Yeah, exactly. To, well, I
1: think it proves that. I'm not actually that, that confident.
0: Yeah, I, I, I. I think I don't see that really yeah. as a problem and I think that's an internal dialogue you know it's the self-sabotage that kicks in that we all have especially public speaking and you probably just don't feel quite back into your groove yet and I think it's amazing that you're doing a speaking course you're taking action you're investing in yourself and yeah I think it's so
1: interesting to hear what you say yeah I, I won't let anything stop me I'm a bit like that though that's where I say I'm so focused if I'm like oh do you know what this isn't isn't my strength I'm booking on some type of course and I'm making that change <laughs> <Make> <laughs> like, it happen. Like, Not, not <laughs> yeah you'll make it happen that's brilliant
0: um so what's your advice to your clients, your students, to others who ask, you know, who probably drop into your DMs all the time going, oh, my God, you seem to have it all. You're so, so confident. You know, you know, you seem to have self-belief. Your messaging is really clear. What's your advice to people you work with when it comes to believing
1: in themselves? believing in themselves, I would say, like at the beginning of this conversation, look back on everything you have already conquered. And if you've got that far, like you've got a whole other journey that's in front of you that you haven't even touched yet. Another thing I would say is working on yourself because a lot of it is mindset. So the whole working out, making sure you're drinking enough, taking supplements, just so then you're loving yourself that bit more so you are confident to then achieve what you need to achieve. I would say that's my my top tips for that. Yeah.
0: Do you think you need to be a risk taker to be good
1: in business? And if so, what's your biggest risk been? I don't think you can be... I don't think you can be successful without taking risks. And I'm talking proper risks. You know, my I've I've had a few. My first one was obviously opening my salon, because I opened that with no one knowing who the hell KG was, with not one client. I've never done a set of nails before I opened the doors to that salon. It's actually nuts. Never even touched someone's eyelids. Like this What age were you? I was 19 19 it's insane I was 19 and so opening that salon was a risk because I had to take all these hefty loans out to obviously be able to do that in the first place I didn't have the financial backing before to just oh let's open the salon so that was a huge risk then on from that obviously took on staff that was a huge risk again because then that was an added cost to the business that obviously I didn't necessarily have until they started bringing in money. So that was a, a risk. And my most recent risk I took was in January when I joined a business mastermind. Um, And you had to be a certain level of business to join this mastermind. But it was thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds. And I thought, I need to know what this is about. I need to up my business game now I'm at a certain level of business I now need to scale to that further seven figures rather than six figures and you have to have the coaching behind you to be able to do that and I needed to take that risk and join this mastermind and invest and that was really hard because I felt that when I've spent money before in business it was in Business, I could physically see that business. It was training or in products or in a salon, a building or in staff. But because this was coaching, that was an investment in me, which made it harder to make that investment. And it was the best investment I ever made. That's
0: crazy, isn't it? Because it's like when you, I mean, this is not really comparative, but I I liken it to the fact that when my kids were little, I was trying not to spend money and yet if I spent it on the kids I could kind of justify it and if I wasn't spending it on me that was fine it didn't it didn't feel so bad but as soon as it came to s- treating myself that felt really bad so
1: oh I have that now my kids can have the world but no I can't go and get them next pair of shoes like it <laughs> but if my kids wanted them that's fine so I get that 100 <laughs> percent but you know it's so important to invest in yourself you have to invest and obviously I've had coaches and everything over all the years I've been in business which has been like 15 years I've been in business now coaches and mentors are always a huge part of your business growth but there's coaches and there's coaches and it depends which ones you're going to invest in
0: you ever had any crap ones
1: I've always spent pretty good money to not have crap ones um sometimes can spend good money and get disappointed I would imagine a hundred percent but I feel that it all comes down to your research too and I've always done my due diligence before signing up to someone do you think you have to click with a
0: coach or do you think you can get on with a coach who you actually don't get on with personality
1: wise And I think you have to get on with them because I, especially when I'm coaching, I like to know if they're open to it, of course, their business and their personal, because it normally interferes with each other at some point. So I need someone to be really open with me about what's really going on in their life. And if you can't do that with your coach, then yeah, they might be able to teach you stuff Mm. and they still might be able to level you up, but you do need to be quite open with them. Yeah, you kind of need to
0: be able to get under their skin, don't you, as a coach?
1: Yeah, and you need certain ways to be able to talk to them. So I need to know, okay, how can I talk to... If, if if I was working with you and then I was working with someone else, you two are two different types of people. You've got two different ways of learning. You've got two different types of ways that I can talk to you. So I need to know, how do I talk to you and how do I talk to her? It might be completely different. Do you use...
0: Um, I know you've done lots of training and you've got your qualifications for... Um, for coaching do you use like kind of any mind body kind of techniques in your coaching do you kind of go into them if you know what I mean physically do you have extra you know do you use psychology do you I mean obviously you use psychology but do you have any like psychotherapy you
1: know yeah so I'm trained in NLP okay and life coaching so I don't tend to sell my services on I'm an NLP coach Mm -hmm. um because I just don't but I can use them techniques if I need to with clients. Sometimes words just aren't enough, are they? No. Yeah. No. And sometimes on my group coaching, I might have I've done like different techniques where I might have got them to stand and all do a certain something for them to feel something within them. They're all, that's always extremely powerful.
0: Yeah, amazing. Mm. So that brings us neatly on to what do you think? You offer that no other business coaches do?
1: Oh, I didn't know this is a question. <laughs> um I'm this is a huge subject for me right now, so I don't want to go into Iran.
0: <laughs> go on, uh, go into Iran, it's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's mentors and there's coaches. And they're two completely different things. Yes.
0: Maybe you, in fact, for our listeners, because I, I didn't really know this uh, a year ago, so I'm sure there'll be plenty of people out there that don't know the difference. And I have a bit of a problem with the coach word as well. So just in your words, define them just briefly for us.
1: You're only a coach if you are trained and qualified. So without a certificate, you're not coach, you are mis-selling people. If you're a mentor, anyone could be a mentor. Mm-hmm. So they are basically just selling their knowledge. You don't they don't need a qualification to do that. That's where you have to do your background search on someone. I feel that coaches are popping up that have been in business for five minutes. And I'm not saying they're not a good coach or a good mentor, because they might have that qualification, but have they got the experience? That's where I like to say I'm a coach slash mentor, because I've got the 15 years experience. I've gone through all types of things in business, and I've set up and sold businesses successfully. So I feel like I have the experience that I can to help others, and obviously I have all of my clients that support that back in. But then you have to also know how to work with people just because you have the experience doesn't necessarily mean then you're good at working with people and being patient and helping them when they have their down days which we all have in business no matter how long we've been there it's a certain way of being able to work with people Mm -hmm. and unless someone has results and they've got proven methods and they've got clients that back that wouldn't sign up with anyone unless they've got that. Yeah. Because we can all live that fake life on social, right? Yeah. We all just put up our best life on there. Well, actually, I don't. I really share when things are going tits up.
0: <laughs>
1: but, <laughs> I love that expression. <laughs> so visual. <laughs> oh, gosh, I really do. But otherwise, it's like your best life all of the time and how much money I can make you make and all of this jazz and <laughs> like don't fall for just what's on social you have to see like what awards they have won what qualifications do they have what businesses have they had that are successful it's okay opening businesses but you might have the knowledge of opening it but have you stayed afloat have you made the money in that did you sell it or did you fold yeah there's lots of research to do so do your due
0: diligence people if you want to go down the coaching or mentor mentor route um So when you are at a low ebb, not feeling especially confident, what are your three favourite ways to give yourself a little boost? And this can be practical things, emotional, mental, whatever.
1: Reading a book or listening to an audio. Podcasts will always lift me up. Going for a walk. um, Fresh air always helps me. It's good for my soul. Working out. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I cannot be asked to do this, but afterwards I feel so much better. And while I'm working out, always listen to something educational or inspirational. So that helps. But they're the things that I do when I'm on low, plus my water intake and my supplements I will never, ever, ever miss. Like, they're a must for me. What supplements do you take? I take some products that are called Sky products. Mm-hmm. And so I'm big on collagen, um, obviously like hair and stuff and um, like just all my vitamins I need to take. I actually look like a druggie if you was to open up my... So you take cabinet. a multi, a D, a C, a B? Everything you can think of I take. It's zinc. zinc, um, obviously my vitamin A, B, C, okay. I take... Um, friendly bacteria? yeah. Yeah. And th- then obviously collagen, which I just love at the moment. I've noticed a massive difference with that physically. I want to take a collagen. Do you take a marine or a or a? Do you take like a fish, a fish collagen, fish based? Yeah, collagen? fish one. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and it works. Want, yeah. And the product I've actually because I've tried loads of different collagens and they're really expensive. It's like a real thing that you have to consider really? into your monthly budget. But now I've um, been taking this other collagen and it's like twenty pounds. For a month? Oh, it will last you ages. Really? A month, month and a half. But I'm like, that's so good.
0: Oh, I want to know what that is. Let me know
1: later. I'll put it in the notes. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you the link. I've actually got a discount code for it as well. So yeah. I'll share that with you.
0: Oh, lovely. And what three, three tips or strategies do you like that others might like to try for increasing their confidence or faking it till they make it when it comes to putting themselves... Out there, getting in front of their audience—be that online, in person, in front of their um, students, or on Instagram or whatever—you
1: know, it's hard to start putting yourself out there. Have you got any tips? Start putting yourself out there. One, I would say, try your best to do some face-to-cams. As much as it's really difficult, and you'll feel completely out of comfort zone, and you'll hate every second. You can do as many takes as you want. So just do some face-to-cams. That will really help you get out there. Post on socials as much as possible, actual physical posts. If you can do once a day or at least five times a week and give value to your clients, don't just sell because everyone just hates being sold to. We all feel we're being sold to now, especially online. So don't just sell. In fact, don't sell. Add a call to action at the end, but just give value. And then I would say, ask to go on podcasts speak get your story out there get people I always say that you can only be I would say successful but you can only be successful make more money sell more whatever it is of that you're selling if you have a big audience and people always say I'm going off track here a little bit sorry (laughs) Joe. people always say to me um it's not about the followers that you have and it is. <laughs> it is. And people might go be listening now and going, it's not, it's not. And it is. I'm sorry, it is because it comes down to stats and it comes down to numbers. As long as your followers are your target audience, there's no point in having 20,000 followers if only 10 of them are your target audience. It is definitely best to have just 10 followers and them all be in your target audience. But if you can get However, many followers that is, whether that's 100, 300, 1,000, 5,000, and they're all your target audience, you are going to be able to sell more product, training courses, treatments, whatever that might be, because it comes down on your stats. You will sell to 1% to 3% of your audience. Yeah. So you have to be visible. You have to get out there. You have to get speaking. You have to do your face to cams. You have to be a personal brand, and then you'll be able to sell more.
0: Brilliant. Now, one final question. I saw your post about having an allergic reaction to lashes, but you've got lashes on tonight. Are those, what are those? Are those lace-up lashes or what are they?
1: No, I went to my salon and got my lashes done again today. So I'm testing some product at the moment. I did get a glue that was apparently (laughs) (laughs) cyacolate-free. My current manufacturers are arguing the point that there's not such a thing, but obviously there are, there is. Whether <laughs> unless we get the product tested, we're not going to know. At the moment, it's working. And then when I pull up on socials about being allergic, loads of people sent me that hack. This is really unprofessional, but they sent me the hack where you've got you know the nasal spray for uh, uh, hay fever. Yes, the nasal spray you put on a um. <laughs> Can you believe I'm saying this out loud? You put on a cleaning wipe. Wipe your eyelid with it before the treatment and it's stopping my allergic reaction. Now, this is not professional whatsoever. Please do not try this in your salons. But because I'm a client in my own salon, I tried it and it's working. No. So, li- And what about, do you post-wash as well? No. Obviously, I do that before I go to the salon. Um, and But yeah, I just get the... You know the lip ones. Yeah, I get that. Spray it on there. Apply it along my lash line, and oh. so far, I haven't been allergic. Oh my god! I know it's really unprofessional. I don't tell the clients this. This is not the cyanacrylate free glue. This is your other glue. This is no. So, so at the moment, I'm doing both things. So I'm not okay. actually sure which one it is that's okay. working okay well I do use a cyanacrylate
0: free glue as I messaged you um from Pixie Ambler it's called Rogue Empress I think it's all the way from Australia so it takes ages to get here but I use it on three of my clients who couldn't have lashes and now now do so and it's amazing so I think it only works on about 50% of people that react to the cyanacrylate but um yeah
1: and you've well, got to chuck another ingredient in there haven't you to compensate so it's whatever that acrylate, ingredient is Sign there is an acrylate but
0: it's not the the that one yeah anyway great well fingers crossed. keep us posted we will be watching with interest for progress report
1: <laughs> everyone's dm'ing me every time i get my lashes going go, what are you doing how are you doing
0: this <laughs> Katie, thank you so much for giving up some of your evening to come on here. And it's been lovely to talk to you. We've been nattering for an hour and it's just gone whizzing
1: past. I know. It's been lovely. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And I'll see you soon. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank